0: Love
1: to Hey everybody, welcome back to the Best Life Cafe. This is part two of my conversation with Dorena Accords, the Space Doula. She's a certified practitioner of feng shui and space clearing, and she's a modern-day Sherlock Holmes. The mysteries she solves, however, are of the energetic kind. Ooh, 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 I love that, involving the homes and workspaces of her mostly female entrepreneur clients. She's best known as the Space Doula. She geeks out on sleuthing the root causes of whatever's keeping her clients from living their dreams. Her tips and strategies on how to use the energy of a home or a workspace to change the patterns that show up in life have been featured in the Simply Space blog, m- numerous podcasts, the Brody Welt Show, Blog Talk Radio, Breaking Free Show, Hey House Radio. You can find her on Facebook. She has the uh, Space Doula, com, I think is one of them, yes, and mm-hmm. uh, the Facebook group, that home base, you have a lot of mm-hmm. going on. So welcome back, Dorena. I so appreciate your time this morning. And where we left off is we were talking about how, you know, I was just really getting to know myself again in my new space and how to, uh, that I was so excited about how I could just like buy a pillow or, you know, decide what I wanted this space to look like. And so why is that? You know, why is that important? Like, what, what happens when, when, I'm, when you're finding yourself? Right? I think
0: it's so important. I mean, we talked about the last
1: show, just about, you know, the, the basis
0: of this work is that our home is a mirror of our life. Um, and so what's so important is that when somebody walks into your home, they know it's yours. They, you know it's yours. And I think what happens a lot of times in relationships, we lose ourselves, and um, it comes out in our home, right? And we become disconnected from it. And that's what's such a fun thing. It, it, it can happen whether you're in partnership or not. but like for you, when you, when you left um, when you left that home and you moved into your own home and there was nobody there controlling you, It was like, oh my gosh, what do I like? And so it becomes like your home becomes this exploration of like, how do I want to feel? And how do I, am I, do I want playfulness? Do I want um, peace? Do I like, what do I want to be surrounded by? And, and so it can be such a fun, like, do I want flower sheets or do I want solid, you know, like, do I want purple? Do I want like, and so it's a start playing and reminding yourself of what you like. You can you can use your home to do that. Um, yeah, by getting to know your Mhm. And, well, and I have a client who, um, the first time I saw her home, and she lives with four boys maybe, and you know, her husband and three boys. And <laughs> I remember saying to her, Where are you? Like, I can't see you in this space. And sure enough, She wasn't, and she began to shift that and bring more of her personality in.
1: And how did that play for her? Like, when she started doing, bringing, I I love that analogy, because I grew up with boys, and I was the only girl, and I had my own room, and I remember it being lime green and purple because I just wanted to make such a statement, right? Like, who knows where those two color colors came from. But my parents (laughs) let me do it. And uh, it was hard to find my femininity femininity in a house of boys and so I'm just curious how that played out for her once she started doing some of that shifting
0: well in her life what's amazing is um so she was simultaneously working on some boundaries you know and setting boundaries and not feeling like she had to do everything for everybody else and so to see her step into that space and move into a place where she's passionate, even career-wise, moving from one career to another, into a space where she is passionate. Um, so, so much more um, of her, like, not only in her
1: home, but in, in her
0: entire life, really showing up for who she's meant to be, what she's called to wow. do. So that was super fun to see that.
1: I, lo- You know, you have to get a lot oh. of reward from your work, Uh some of the things, like so, you know, you, you're touching on career, and I know you help a lot of entrepreneurial women, you know, find their their way in their career. And so, in what ways do you do that for people? Like, what are some of the examples of how you help people shine in their careers, and 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 or even find their career? Because sometimes it's like I don't know what I want to do.
0: Right. It's it's a good question. So it's. It, People, you know how people come to you for one thing and they get something different. And yeah. it's kind of you. Happy. I, I know that's true. <laughs> so it's kind of what happens. So people will say frequently, "It's I'm not making enough money, right? Like I want to make more money in my business. Like that's the common, the common thing. And so because um, as an entrepreneur, we're working in our homes typically, especially in the midst of COVID. You know, even if we right. were, had an outside office, a lot of us have come back home to our spaces. So the two, you know, our whole entire home is what I'm working with now. And so what I'm going to do is I look at the wealth area and I have one client who literally she, that was her intention. I want more money in my business. So I'm like, okay, let's look at your wealth area. I mean, I'm not saying this out loud, but I'm talking to her and I'm looking at the wealth area, which happens to be the guest bedroom. And she had gotten married recently, like within the last year, let's say. And her wife moved, like they shared a bedroom, but then her wife put all of her stuff in, in, the, um, in the spare bedroom, stuff that she wasn't using, didn't want to let go of. And so the, the room became filled with all of this stuff. And she said, I can't move it. I've asked her, and she just, she doesn't want me to touch any of her stuff, and so there was just, there was really a roadblock. This sounds familiar. <laughs> yes. So I'm like, all right, so a lot of time, like, that's what i hear is I have no control over that space. So I'm like, okay. But I hear the friction in the relationship, and so I go to the area of the home that's known as relationship, and I literally on the wall see these, like, two stars. And one, just like we were talking about nightstands in the first show, there's one tiny little star and there's one big star. Wow. So one has a large, you know, like you could see the imbalance. And so I'm like, all right, we need to work on communication, right? We need to bring them back into harmony because if they are in harmony, then we can go back and talk about the stuff in the bedroom that's actually blocking the well. Wow. So now I'm like, I can make some suggestions in that area of their space in the relationship area, but we can't be in relationship with somebody else until we're in relationship with ourselves, right? Okay. So now I'm gonna to bump to another area of the house, which happens to be inner knowledge. That's our self awareness. And and our knowledge in other things. Like if we're studying something. Like if you're a student, you know, or you know, you're studying to be a CPA, you know. That, that energy is going to sit there, but it's also our own self knowledge. So I then go into that space in their home and I look and I see <laughs> they have, this happened to be their bedroom. And I see it, I, I often do this like something will stick out that just doesn't feel like it belongs. And I'll be like, oh, tell me about that. So I see a painting that feels like it doesn't fit in. And tell me about that. Oh, my ex painted that for me. And I said, tell me the difference between your relationship now. Like what did you, what was your ex giving you that your current, your current relationship is not. And that's when it all came out. Wow. What she, what she felt like she was missing now that she had previously gotten. So that's a long way to go around like career. Right. But It all comes back to self, and we're going to show up the best in our career when we feel seen and heard and understood and confident, and when we can be that, then we can step into the space of where we're being called to do. We can step into our career and in our true, full, authentic self. I answer your question? I went
1: like... A hundred percent. I mean, I, I just, I, I know this about you because I've, you know, listened to you on Facebook and I've, I've heard a lot of your, your your stuff. But I know that you can walk into a space and know that it's off. And most, most of the times it's because we've hung on to that one object from a past relationship or mm-hmm. maybe it's, you know, my grandfather's grandfather's. And, and I think that there's a lot of holding on to familiar, you know, the family stuff. Like I have boxes of my grandmother's stuff that's sitting in a box that I haven't even, you know, dived into. Uh, but when it comes to the, the past relationships, you might keep like, oh, I, I can't throw this out. And I remember the day I had, you know, I I remember when I moved out of my house, there was a stack of, of cards from all the years of Valentine's and birthdays and blah, blah, blah. And I put them in my storage. I, And then when I went to my storage, oh, I don't know, about five or six months ago to kind of see what, because I hadn't really gone back in it for months, you know, I was just like, this is what I'm not taking, this is what I'm taking. And I found all those cards and my daughter was the thing, she looked at me and she's like, what do you want to do with these? And you instantly came into my mind and I was like, (laughs) throwing them all away. Like, like you even had mentioned, you know, if you really want to keep something like a card or something, take a picture of it. You have a photograph Mm -hmm. of it. It's sitting in your phone somewhere, but it's not sitting in your space because how am I going to draw a new person in if I'm holding on to all these memories from an old? And so I remember I looked at her, I said, I don't want to look at them. I just want to throw them all away. There is nothing about this past relationship that I want to remember right now. I just want them gone. And so we hang on to these things for just these little heart tugs, you know, or for whatever reason, when actually just getting rid of it will really just bring you so much peace. But it's hard for people to do that. So explain for us, like, how do you get rid of that memory? How do you take that picture off the wall that my ex-husband painted for me that I can't get rid of because of whatever? You know, how how do you do that? Right, I think, I mean, there's
0: two, there's the positive and the negative of what we're holding on to. You know, so let's just take the negative, right? Typically, when... I make that connection, it becomes really easy to let go. So mm-hmm. for instance, with this painting, when we're taught, when when you can see how all the dots are connected and how you're actually being held back in life, you're being held back from that thing that you've been called to do and, and how you're not showing up fully in your relationship, it's like, oh no, I want to. And, and so I, so sometimes I think it's just that pure awareness actually helps us to let go of the thing. So when, when you can look at um, that I'm, that there is a part still hanging on to that hurt, it's like I don't want to be attached to the hurt. Right? Yeah. I don't want to keep living as a victim, but it's part of our story. But when we see that we're still holding on to that story, and, and I did it. I found mine. I mean, you were fast. I found mine 20 years later. And so I'm like, what the right, hell? I'm right. still holding on to these? Why? But I think when you see that it's, that you, when you can actually see how it's impacting your life, it becomes much easier to let go of. The harder piece is um, maybe your grandmother's stuff where there's not that, um, you know, shoot, the trauma, Right. And, and so a lot of the times the question is, well, what does it mean to you? And what's the energy of it? And I think when, when you look at the energy of is it bringing your energetic vibration up or is it bringing your energetic vibration down? Um, and when you can determine that and not look at it aesthetically, but look at what it's just doing to your energy and ask yourself, do I want to be happy? Do I want to be joyful? Or do I want to be dragged yeah. down?
1: Well, it's so interesting how an object or a memory can actually energetically, you know, affect you. Like I was thinking, like, those cards could have had a completely different effect on me that day. I could have been like, oh, my God, this was my love. You know, I could have gone in another direction, but the, the warrior was like out, you know, like it wasn't even a question. And so I just think it's it's interesting how we can learn to listen to our energetic Bodies, our energetic feelings, the way our body gets that feeling if something's off, that you know, and a lot of that has to do with object. And so you can actually pick up an object and be like, "Ooh," right? Like I've, I've heard mm-hmm. your stories where you're like, I, yeah." Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, so so in in the fact, I just think that's also fascinating. I love your work, but the the part about career, just to kind of tidy that one up, a lot of people mm-hmm. are working at home right now. We're all you know, Mm -hmm. pandemic, home, COVID, all that stuff. So if you're working at home, how do you, I I know you have advice on how to separate home and work. Mm -hmm. So just to help people with that, like how, yeah.
0: So some of us are, um, some of us office, some of us have our own office. Some of us, um, all of a sudden have multiple people in our home that we didn't before. And um, they're also working at the dining room table. You know, so there's, we have to change. We have to make different accommodations. So in terms of um, the, the well, tricky wikis I would say, of working at home is, you know, the positive is that your commute time is really short. The negative is that your commute time is really short. So, There's no separation between the two. So what you want to do with your space is actually create separation so that you don't always feel like you're working or never working. You know, I know when my husband came home um, at the beginning of COVID and started working from home, it was like, how dare they call me? I'm at home. And then it was like, oh, you're working, (laughs) you know? (laughs) <laughs> and, and so he was, you know, he, he was taking more like not, not working to the same level that he was in the office, right, because he felt like he was at home, whereas I'm used to working at home, and it will be 10 o'clock at night, and I have to remind myself that I have a family that I want to hang out with, too, instead of having this nonstop, you know, this never-ending workday. So a couple things. One is um, try not to work in your bedroom. Um, if you have to, is there some way that you can separate the space? Can you put, can you get a screen, you know, like one of those pretty screens and put it between your bed and your desk, like if possible, even if the screen is, um, well, it, ideally it would need to be up all the time because you don't want to be sitting at your desk and looking at your bed and be like, right. I'm so tired. Or you don't want to be in bed and, you know, it's like, it just, your mind gets confused. So, that would be the first thing. Try not to work in your bedroom. Secondly, let's say you have to um, work at the dining room table, but that's multi-purpose. and then at the end of the day, it's going to become the dinner table, is really to have a ritual of unpacking and packing stuff so that you don't have stuff spread out all over the entire table. And it doesn't have to be complicated. I I use this example all the time, but the container store has this, like, rolling cart. It's, like, has filing, like, a place for filing cabinet or file, file folders to hang, mm-hmm. and then two, two drawers underneath it. So that literally could house your entire office, right? Office. Where you, you, put, you put your laptop away in the drawer. You know, you have your hanging file folder. So you can take stuff out and work on the dining room table, but then pack it up as a ritual. Like, okay, this is the end of my day, and now I'm going to put it away. Um, or a basket, you know, it doesn't have to be something fancy, but something that contains the workspace, um, that would be one. And then another is really to have those, If let's say you have an office um, within your home, is to create ritual around that too. So maybe, maybe you don't have to pack and unpack, but, you know, it's opening the door, closing the door, opening the blinds, closing the blinds, emptying your garbage at the end of the day. Like right. I like to ring a bell. I like to light a candle. <laughs> I'd like to turn the diffuser on to start my day. And then you blow out the candle, you turn off the diffuser. So having these, especially with COVID, we don't have as many interruptions in our day to mark time. We're not going out to lunch. We're not meeting a girlfriend for right. coffee. We're right. not, I'm not picking my son up from school, so I don't have those natural mm. breaks. So we need to create. we need to create that rhythm. And you can do that, again, through... If
1: symbolically, whether, again, it's lighting a candle and blowing it out. Well no, I, I love that. And that kind of leads right into my next sort of segue here is on the ritual part. You know, we were talking a little bit about rituals, and you actually were talking about it on one of your Facebooks, how important a ritual is. And then we moved into sort of intentions, all, through, all that stuff. So I want to take the time while we have about 15 minutes here, uh, talking about rituals, what rituals you do. I can share mine, and then I really want to dissect what an intention is and why intentions are important. So starting with rituals, you know, my ritual is simple. I wake up, I drink my lemon water, and this just really started probably in August when I was quarantined for 14 days. And I was like, okay, how am I going to take a 14-day time period and turn it into like you said, working from home space, then turning it off, having television time, doing reading time, whatever I was doing, clearing clutter time, which you'd think you'd do more of it in 14 days, but I did not. However, so I, but I created a ritual where I got up, I drank my water, I turned, I meditated, I turned on my yoga, and then I started my day. And even if that meant walking out to a different room, which is, you know, very small. So I, I love the idea of having a ritual of, so what are some of your rituals? Because I know you have some really cool ones, too. Yeah, I, I, um,
0: I do start my day with meditation, but I don't get out of bed. I mm. literally have um, my headphones next to me at the night before. You know, so that's, that's part of using your home, right? You use your home to set mm-hmm. up your rituals. So just like if you my, – so my husband started um, – training for a marathon. So he literally sets out his sneakers and his running clothes and his after drink, whatever he drinks, good stuff, but that's laid out, you know? So that's use your space to, if there's a ritual that you want, if there's something you want to do, set that out in your space. Like that's, that's part of the intention building, right? Like I'm going to do this thing and I have the stage set for it. So, when I get up and I do my med- – or I don't get up and do my meditation because what I found for me – and this is an important thing about um, feng shui. In the school of feng shui that I practice, which is under Denise Lin, is there's two rules. If it feels good, it's good feng shui. If it feels bad, it's bad feng shui. So I'm never going to tell you um, – like <laughs> back to our first show, if, if the desk wasn't a problem, if your partner in your career wasn't a problem – If you all loved the desk in that space, I'm not going to tell you to move it. Right. I'm not going to make something wrong if there's not a problem. So a lot of people, back to the meditation people, a lot of people will say, you shouldn't meditate in bed. You should get up. You should do Mm -hmm. this or that before. I get out of bed and literally I will start cleaning something because that's like (laughs) – I'll start puttering like I love to putter it's my favorite thing in the world to do so I'll just start (laughs) doing little chores here and there and then next thing I know it's 10 o'clock and I'm like oh my god I have a client or you know so I prioritize. like that's a non-negotiable for me and I know myself well enough um I listen to the same meditation every morning it's Wayne Dyer's um Getting in the gap, is it that? I forget what it's called. But anyhow, yeah, I do the same one every morning. And huh. uh Yeah, that starts my my day a day. And I walk.
1: And so then and then you walk. And and so I like the idea of having rituals. You know, I'm a very spontaneous person. I will you call me up and say, Let's go, I'm like drop my stuff and go. I've always been that way. I'm very spontaneous. This has stopped that part of my personality. COVID has stopped spontaneity. You can't you know, like your friends can't call you up and say, we're having dinner, get down here. You know, we, you don't have that in your life anymore. Mm-hmm. So the spontaneity, and, and I really just, I I can't remember who I was talking to, but I said it's almost as if this pandemic has removed a zest for life that we used to have.
0: Mm-hmm. You used
1: to look forward to things. You used to, you know, be able to be spontaneous. And so having a ritual actually helped me, be less spontaneous where it may not have been such a great attribute of mine to be spontaneous. Cause a lot of times, you know, those shenanigans can get you in trouble, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, well, I'll just leave that right there. But, but so for me, having a ritual and having a, uh, what do you call it? A routine. Look, I can't even say the word because I'm such a self-employed do what I want person, <laughs> but having a ritual, having a routine, uh, I now actually have a routine where after all those rituals and I do my yoga and I get ready to work, I say I look at the clock and I say okay, in exactly seven hours I'm clocking out. I don't care where I'm at or what I'm doing because I'm a workaholic and I would work 12 hours a day, any time of the day, it didn't matter if it was a weekend or whatever, which was part of obviously my problems way back when. But it also taught me to to shut it down. And so now my day ends in seven hours. I don't need more than seven hours to survive. And so then what happened was at the end of the seven hours, I was like, now what do I do? I was so uncomfortable in that space between getting off work and closing it down that I didn't really know how to sit with myself. So it's really important, I think. Then I started getting more comfortable with, like, actually, you can paint. You can go to the lake. You can do this. You can actually embrace your downtime, which I don't think a lot of us do So with this pandemic, I think that was really good advice because you have to be able to separate. You have to be able to shut the door, blow out the candle, you know, walk away from that home. Hopefully, if you're lucky enough to have a home office, you know. When I was working here uh, during quarantine, I have a little desk set up, and then I would just, like, shut the computer and turn on Netflix, like, okay, we're done here. And I Mm think it's hard to work at home, but anyways. uh, So going back, so, so having that space, having your career, at home, it takes a lot of work. I was just curious, this might be too personal of a question, but your husband traveled a lot, and he was gone a lot, and you had your own space a lot, kind of. How did coming back into your space, was there a period of adjustment there, or was it just so easy because you guys are so mad, madly in love? I, I see it. No are <laughs> <So laughs> like, when
0: hey, came, he was When he was home all the time, was there a sh- is that what you're asking? Like when he, yeah. during well, COVID, well, when he stopped traveling too? for yeah. six months? Um, it actually has been good. I have to say, for <laughs> the most part, it's been really good because he started cooking and I like completely, I can't tell you. So he's traveled once and I'm like, Chipotle, like, <laughs> I have stopped cooking. So from that perspective, it's been really nice. Um. But there were some. What I discovered, you know, who suffered. Well, who suffered until we realized that was the dog at first, because I thought he was going to take him out. He thought I was going to take him out, and so like communication becomes really important. And I think that's the piece that was, or because when I was home alone, I I just did everything, right? You did it. Yeah, you just did everything. And then now all of a sudden, there's expectations. And and some he was, like, he ran, like, I was, like, thrilled. He ran and started making dinner all the time because he had more time because he wasn't traveling. Um, But but there was communication around, okay, I have this at this time. Like, I, you can't, like, be loud here because I'm recording a podcast or something or my son's home yeah. all the time now. And I'd be like, okay, you can't play video games at 3 o'clock and start screaming at your, you know, with your friends. So... <laughs> So, anyhow, so there's, I think communication is the biggest piece
1: since he's been home. It's been a very interesting time in our lives. Um, okay, so before we end the show, because we have a few more minutes, I want to talk about intentions. And I want, if you don't mind, if you could sort of define what an intention is and why it's important in our lives. Mm-hmm.
0: So, one of the things I talk about all the time, and a friend of mine's like, Said to me, do you know like you light up every time you talk about this? And I was like, (laughs) I did not know that. I can see. But so we talk. (laughs) (laughs) So the first, the first place we start whenever we're working in your home is what is your intention? Like, what is it that you want? You, You know, just very like, what is your intent? What do you want to manifest? What do you want to bring forth? What do you want to create? because that's that's the spark, literally the spark of which everything else is going to be um, designed around, and so one of the things that we do is create an intention altar, and an intention altar is like a three d version of your vision board and mm-hmm. and so it it doesn't have to be elaborate but it's it's bringing in like if I want um, If I want to bring, I'm going to bring crystals back into this, but if I want to bring play into my life, I'm going to put a Dalmatian crystal on my intention altar. So an intention altar Mm. is you have like some kind of a cloth, typically, like a placeholder. Literally you could use a placemat. And then you put objects on it that symbolize the things that you want to manifest. Because I always talk about like when you speak them, when you give breath to them, they're coming. Like the universe hears you when you say, this is what I want to manifest And those things are coming to you. And for some, they come faster. Sometimes that that highway is clogged with other stuff. And sometimes it's like you speak it and there it is. Yes.
1: Full speed ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah. But so we can't see it, right? We can't see it coming. And so the intention altar is that um, that homing device for the energy to land for you to see it as it's coming. Like I had... I had a client the other day, and she, we were talking about this relationship that she wants to call in, and she said he's going to be a piano player. And her all her family plays the piano. She's like, I'm the only one who doesn't. She's like, I want a baby grand piano. And I'm like, that's awesome. So we literally set up her space to fit a baby grand piano, and within a one-week time period, she sent me a picture of a baby grand piano. And I'm like, wow. that man is not far behind because you just manifested this, like, it was awesome. So,
1: um, ooh, I, I, I kind of took a, 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 what do you call it, a respite from manifestation, which is an interesting way to look at it. But I was starting to over-manifest, like over-vision boarding, over, you know, um, manifesting mm-hmm. something, you know, or meditating for something I wanted, writing out, you know, stuff. I was like, okay, Kathy, stop. Mm -hmm. manifesting because like what you just said is the actual thing. Once you speak it, it's out there. So you don't, once you speak it, it's out there. You set your vision board, you set your altar and you, you're done. You don't have to spend a whole Mm -hmm. lot of time every day praying and wishing and hoping that this thing would come or end or whatever it is that you're doing. And I really think I just got that recently that it is, What I can't think of the way Abraham says it, but it's just like speak it and it is done. You know, it is done. So you don't Mm -hmm. need to over-manifest. But spending a little time every day on an intention of what you want your life to be is manifestation. So you, like say you're sitting there meditating. For me, it would be if I make my altar and I sit and meditate in front of my altar, I've fed my intention of what I want. I've fed my soul of what I want. And then you move on. And I just think that, society or the 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 woo-woo part of this is over manifestation and 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 so i think it's i don't know what you feel about that but i feel like it's getting to a point where it's like just speak it know you want it and surrender that it's coming she got a piano a week who would have done that i i was blown
0: away but she knew it she knew it's coming she has full confidence in it and so that highway was clear. There was no clog, yeah. like nothing clogging it. Right. But what happens for some, some of us? And I had a client who had her intention written every single place in her home. Literally had like affirmations everywhere. But I think sometimes when we overdo it, it's because we doubt it.
1: Right. right. And, and that clogs that,
0: that, that. clogs it. That <laughs> that clogs the highway. Ding 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 ding. And so. Yeah. When we state it and we just so feel it in our body, we just know it's coming. We don't have to be like, and prayer is always a good thing, so I don't mean to, but we don't have to be like, oh, please let it come. Please let it come. Please, like, yes, and yes. over, like, because I think that actually is just another form. In, in this regard, I don't want anybody to mishear this, but in this regard it becomes over-trying or over which is yeah. the doubt piece. So we're trying to overcome our doubt because we're not really sure we deserve it, that what we want to
1: manifest. Right. Wow. We forget to surrender. Right. I think surrendering in a manifestation uh, is the is the key, and it's a very hard thing to do when you want something a lot or you want to remove something a lot. And uh, it's just, you know, Doreen, I could talk to you for hours. Go ahead. You have a thought. I see it really. Well,
0: I, yeah, because I, I – um,
1: and now tell me I didn't just lose the thought.
0: Oh, I think where space comes into this conversation, not just with an intention alter, is because those of us who feel like we want to control things or we want to do things, you can play in your space. That's the space where, like, for her, it wasn't just I want a baby grand piano. We made the space for it. We started moving the space around. So you can put fresh flowers, you know, like you can make little tweaks. You can declutter. You can add color. Like that's a fun way to get yourself prepared and in alignment. Because if somebody tells you, oh, just feel good. I'm like what the hell? I'm like, how How do I just feel good? Well, if I start creating like that I drug space. base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I can put a pretty pillow that I'm like, oh, that makes me happy. Like it allows us to get out of our head and actually see what we want to feel.
1: Yeah, and 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 when I, you know, I love to go to Home Goods. Like when I walk through a Home Goods store, I am like at the, at the height of my happiness, you know. And it's like I want to buy every little ceramic pumpkin and all those pillows and blankets, and and I limit myself. <laughs> but but it's actually a really good, I would say, for me, ritual. You know, when stores were closed, it was like, oh, my God, like, I can't go shopping. But if you when you walk through a home goods store and you start to feel like, ooh, this would be, like, for me, it was a pillow. It's a long story I'll say for another time. But uh, you bring that object home and it has meaning, you know, because you walked in that store and you were attracted to that object and you brought it into your house to have that color or that heart or that sheet, whatever it is. So I just think it is part of a ritual uh, that I'm really happy is back that retail is open again and we can go to stores because that was a big piece of, of – of, it, it also helps you find out who you really are. You know, like when like when you go to a store like that and you're working on your home – Picking an object is who you are, especially if you're alone and you're not thinking of the other person in mind, or even if you are, like, it, it, it's just such, there's so much here, Dorena. I could talk to you all damn day. Here's what I want to do before we end. So the rise and shine is like, oh, my God, my rise and shine moment. But we didn't talk a lot about any darkness in your life that you had prior to doing this work. Uh mm-hmm. But I know you have. I know you went through a toxic relationship, marriage, and all the separation and all the stuff that comes with that. Right now that you've sort of found your spot, like how happy are you? Like aren't you, you know, you're a pretty happy person and and you're doing what you love and it shows in your work. And so you don't have to rage at 1 to 10, but don't you think from where you were to where you are now, like it took a lot of work. I know you did a lot of inner work. But, but then you're just shining in who you are and you're, like, on all these podcasts and you're, like, all over the Internet and you're doing master classes and you're just, like, doing a lot of stuff that you've found your way. And it just if you could touch a little bit on how did you find your way? What was that like? Um, I used my house. Like,
0: <laughs> like I, I mean, I have, I have a tribe of people. Like, you among them, right? You know, so I have mm-hmm. that, that tribe of people, like-minded people. Um, and, you know, there's been coaching involved. There's been energy work involved. And I go back to my house all the time to show me the answers. Where's the next place I need to look? And so um, I talk about it in a spiritual spiral, you know, so that we're constantly evolving and that self-awareness is, you know, people will tell me a lot, like, you're really self-aware. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm constantly asking, right? I'm constantly saying, like, when I'm feeling stuck, where is that coming from? And I know it's going to show me in my house. And so that's why it's not a once and done thing. People are like, oh, I'm going to, like, declutter and I'm done. I'm going to decorate and I'm done. And that's not, like, but you're going to change. So, When I knew I was working too hard and I realized that was a family pattern, I looked at my ancestral family pat and my ancestral the area of my home related to ancestral family and I shifted it. Like I changed the feeling in there because I looked at it and I was like, Oh, this room looks like somebody who works hard because it was gray and it had tile floor and there was no color in it. So I added orange and pretty light. I remember that. So beautiful. Yeah. So that's been, so it's like, it's never done, right? It's just, it's a constant evolution. So I'm just, but I think that's like my goal is to constantly raise my vibration higher and higher, but I have to keep doing it in my home too. And, the, and the, I think the one point I want to make, because I feel like we talked a lot about like adding stuff is the most impactful thing. And what can you let go of? What is in your control? Because people will be like, like the desk, right? Like, I can't let go, like, that somebody else is, but you can always do your work. And what do you have control of in your space right now, aside from a partner, a spouse, um, kids? Kids, yeah. All those people, do your work because you're so busy pointing your finger at everybody else and saying, I can't change anything. They're the slobs, they're the this. But I bet if you look in your nightstand, I bet if you look at your books, your clothes, your shoes, your car, like I just found in my filing cabinet, I burn things under the full moon all the time, so let's call it six months ago I discovered this. I had a performance review from the 90s when I worked for American Express from my boss that said – I was not working hard enough because I left at five o'clock. Wow. I got there at seven o'clock in the morning, but he didn't see that. And he said that if I wanted to get ahead, I needed to have more face time between five and seven when I had a, so can you can, I can still hear the emotion as I start talking about it. I held on to that for 30 years. Wow. In the back of a filing cabinet it's like we hold on to our stories. And is that the story I want to be held on to, somebody who thinks I didn't do a good enough job? No. And there's that there's that ancestral story of not working hard enough. So, yes, I redid my laundry room. Yeah, it's like it's really cool. And what was more important is I found I found that review that's not my truth. Did you burn it? I did burn it.
1: <laughs> I love you. Okay, tell
0: people where they can find you. Um, my website is, which is actually being um, currently being redone, is spacedoula.com. So I have a really fun um, fun program coming out in January. So in December, I'm launching it. Um, it's called Love Story, and so that will be on the Ooh. website. It's not there yet, but it's in the process of um, all the tech sides in motion at the moment. Right. The love story is going to be falling back in love with your life, using your home as a catalyst. Um, so coming back home to yourself, to love. And to ah, I really over. want to
1: sign up for that. That sounds wonderful. It's a good time, too, January. We're all looking yeah. so forward to the new year. So your, your website, you have Homebase is a group on Facebook. It's a Facebook group that people can join. And mm-hmm. then you have, you're under Space Doula and obviously Dorena, of course. Dorena. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today and helping me out Thank with you. the Rise and Shine series. I really just want to showcase people that uh, I know have personally rose and shined, because I knew you, you know, five years ago, which is incredible to think that five years has gone by. But here we are, and I can't wait to hug you in person. I'm hoping that we'll get that that uh, reunion somewhere sometime in the near we future. We will. We will. Maybe Maybe L.A. (laughs) That would be fun. (laughs) All right, babe. Have a beautiful vacation. Have fun. And thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank Thank you you so much for tuning in to the Best Life Cafe. Please rate, subscribe, review. That pushes us up in the iTunes podcast uh, gallery. And so I appreciate you all tuning in and share with your friends. Have a blessed day. See you next week.